On, on one occasion, um, Jesus was asked by, by a Pharisee, a member of the uh, religious group, and, and he said, um, when is the kingdom of God coming? It was a question uh, about the end of days. And if you assume the best about this guy, then you know that, that his question at the very heart of it was this longing, like when is God coming uh, to set things right, uh, to, to straighten things out? What's embedded in that question is, is this longing for there to be the, uh, the end of brokenness, the, the end of suffering, um, uh, that everything that's right and, and good in the world, uh, that that's what will rule the day. That's what people will know. That will be daily experience. And so Jesus' response is interesting to me. Uh, Luke records it. He says, The kingdom of God is not coming with things that can be observed, nor will they say, Look, here it is, or, or there it is. For in fact, the kingdom of God is among you. So, in our, our parable for today, um, it's titled, uh, The Judgment of the Nations. Uh, Jesus says, When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. All the nations will be gathered before Him. And I noticed, no distinction is made between the nations. It's not like you could say, here is the nation of Israel, or there is the Roman Empire, or the Persians, or, or the Egyptians. Uh, the, the king that is sitting on the throne is not interested in the borders that, that we create. So it won't matter if, if you're uh, American, or British, or Chinese, uh, if, you, if you're from Zimbabwe, or, or Brazil, uh, or Iceland. But I, I noticed in Jesus' parable uh, that a distinction is made. Uh, not between nations, though. A distinction is made uh, between people. And, and so, as Matthew tells a story, he says that uh, the king will separate people, one from another, as a, as a shepherd might separate uh, sheep from goats uh, at, at the end of the day. And you know, sometimes I, I feel uneasy, um, a little restless uh, about parables and stories like this. this, this idea, maybe you feel it too, uh, that God is going to separate us this opposite of, of bringing us together. And so it takes some work to sort through that and to make sense of it. Um, but as this parable unfolds, what I realized was that, that we have already separated ourselves and that in essence, that's what it's about. So last Wednesday, actually uh, November the 11th, um, that was Veterans Day, uh, the, the day that, that we celebrate and, and honor those who have served um, in our armed forces, in the military. Well, you know, the, the history of this day, it's fascinating to me. Um, at, the end, at the end of the Great War, at the, at the end of, of, of World War I, um, this war that, that officially ended in June of 1919 with the signing of the, of the Treaty of Versailles, um, that actually, seven months prior to that, on November the 11th, at 11 o'clock in the morning, 
uh, there was this cessation of hostilities. Uh, the war just stopped. Um, this this um, peace happened, kind of this waiting uh, between the Allies and, and the, the, the German forces. Um, and so in, in November, uh, November 11th, 1918, it's considered uh, the end of the war to end all wars. And kind of to, to commemorate this, uh, the United States President Woodrow Wilson um, signed into effect this, this first observance of uh, what is called or was called Armistice Day. Um, uh, I think uh, Roosevelt, not Eisenhower, later changed it to, to Veterans Day, which is, which is what we uh, know today. But I, I want to read a, a quote from, from that day uh, from President Wilson. He said, to us in America, the reflections of Armistice Day will be filled with solemn pride in the heroism of those who died in the country's service and with gratitude for the victory, both because of the thing from which it has freed us and because of the opportunity it has given America to show her sympathy with peace and justice in the councils of the nations. And, and so on Wednesday, I, I watched on the television as, as our president, uh, President Trump, uh, he paid tribute uh, at the Arlington National Cemetery. And, and I thought about all of you, those, those of you who are veterans, uh, th those of you who have served, you know, normally when we're together, when, when we're in the same room, uh, I invite you to stand, just to stand, so, so that we can see you, to lock eyes with you, uh, to express our appreciation and, and our gratitude uh, and our love for you. So I'm sorry we didn't have an opportunity to do that. Um, uh, but, it's, but it's important for you to know that we see you and that we appreciate you and that we love you. As I, as I thought about you, I, I know that there are a lot of reasons why uh, you served. Um, your stories are going to be varied. Uh, your stories are going to be fascinating. Um, but I imagine, I imagine you and I imagine that, that all of you resonate with President Wilson's proclamation uh, that, that, that this cause for freedom, that, that this longing for peace and justice, uh, for all that is right and good, that that's what stirs you. And not just for America, but for all nations, for all people. And I just want to thank you for that. Uh, November the 11th is also the feast day of St. Martin of Tours. Uh, Martin uh, is the patron saint of soldiers, but interestingly enough, uh, he's also the, patr the patron saint uh, for conscientious objectors uh, and for chaplains. And so he uh, lived in third uh, century, fourth uh, century, and his dad was a veteran, uh, was a member of, of, the, of the Roman military. Uh, and uh, Martin becomes a Christian um, at a fairly young age. When he was 15 years old, uh, he was required to serve in the military too, um, and, and was in the cavalry, and was uh, most of the time on horseback. There's this legend, and it says, uh, that one day uh, Martin was uh, riding along on his horse, a Christian and a soldier, and he comes across this beggar. Uh, this beggar has barely any clothes on. And so he takes his sword and he cuts his military cloak in half, and he gives half of his cloak to this beggar. Well, uh, 
it says that, that later uh, Martin had a dream and, and Jesus appears to him in this dream and identifies himself as this beggar. And Jesus says to Martin, uh, as you've done it to the least of these, like in our story, in Matthew's Gospel, uh, Jesus says, you've done it to me. And this encounter with Christ uh, radically changed him to the point that he gave up his military career. Um, and he started, uh, he started a, a, an order for monks and he began to care for the poor. So in verse 34, then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. So, when Jesus is asked this question, when is the kingdom of God coming? His, his response is, it's already here. In fact, it's always been here. From the very beginning. From the foundation of the world. And so maybe I just haven't seen it. So I began to, uh, to wonder about these people, uh, those that were blessed, those who were on the right-hand side. Uh, who is that person? That person who gives their bread away, uh, their water and, and their clothing. And, and as I thought about them, what really struck me was, this is a person who's not afraid to give their bread away. <laughs> for their own lack of bread, or, or their water. They're not, they're not afraid to give their, their clothing away. They're not paralyzed uh, by this fear of any harm that a, that a stranger might bring them. They're, they're not afraid to, to care for that, that sick person, not afraid that they might get their disease. They're, they're not afraid to go in, into the bowels of a prison. John writes, in his, in his first letter, as we have it, in John 4, 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. So, so this person, this person is someone whose heart is filled with love. And then I thought about you, my church. I see this in you. You move me, you stir me, you change me. I'm better because of you. It, it makes me glad that I, that I get to be the church with you. Did you notice that, that in this story, uh, that, that these, these righteous ones, when they, when they were called out and when they received this blessing, that, that they were oblivious? He says, Lord, when was it that we saw you? They were just going about their business. It's just who they were. Uh, this, this kingdom that they were looking for, it was right in front of them. It had been there all along. Uh, and and the, the king proceeds to reveal his identity. And he points to the very people that we already know. Uh, one of my uh, mentors, uh, Peter Lord, I was young in the ministry and um, was at an event where he, where he was teaching. And he's the one who would talk about the, the sweet by and by and, and the nasty now and now and, and a lot about how we are to live with hearts filled with love, uh, love for God and love for each other. And so he had this vision for his life. And it would go something like this. He says, you know, uh, 
He says, I want to live my life in such a way that uh, when, when people get to heaven, they're going to look all around, and then they're going to say, you know, this looks really familiar. We saw this stuff in Peter and Johnny Lord's home back on earth. Heaven was right there among us all the time. You know, that's my vision for us. That's my prayer for us. Amen.